Welcome to Tech Talk Nation, talking about the latest tech, industry news, and hot topics. Broadcasting from Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. With your host, Matthew Fitzgerald. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Nation. I'm your host, Matt Fitzgerald, here with three of my good friends. I'm here with Ryan, Will, and Seth. How are you guys doing tonight? You know, Fitz, we are doing fantastic today. Thank you. How are you? I am doing very well. Uh, ready to talk some technology. Um, so before we get started, could you guys kind of uh, introduce yourselves a little? I know, Ryan, everybody knows about you a little bit. You've been uh, here too much. So. I've been here. Uh, <laughs> but Will and Seth, you guys want to quickly kind of give a little introduction about yourself, and then we'll get right to the news. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and hand it off to Seth right now. Who's, <laughs> he's gonna who's gonna start you off? All right. So I'm Seth. Do a little bit of introduction. I'm a student here at Purdue University, um, studying kinesiology with an emphasis um, in pre chiropractic. Um, so I'm hoping to go to chiropractic school um, upon graduation. Um, yeah, Will, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, of course. I am Will, obviously, and I am studying UX design here at Purdue. Pretty small major but a very interesting major, great opportunity to work uh, in teams, one-on-one -on -one with companies, and just overall have a great experience and, uh, you know, change how people interact with, with interfaces. So it's a lot of fun. Very, very cool. So uh, without that, I think we might as well just go and get straight Please into the news. I'm excited. All right. So the first story that I have for today is a story about a company that actually is quite prevalent here at Purdue, uh, Xerox. They entered metal 3D printing with the acquisition of Vader Systems. It's a Vader Systems was basically a um, like pioneer in metal 3D printing, and now Xerox bought them out. And as we know, Xerox is a very, very large billion-dollar company that has basically owns the copier and regular 2d printing business so um how do you guys kind of feel about that one well you know when i when i think of xerox i think of a lot of printers paper ink those sort of things i don't quite think of 3d printers might be a pretty big jump for them but maybe it'll turn out i don't know what do you what do you think fitz i i'm i don't know because it's it's really quick it's interesting because the vader mk1 was the first 3D liquid metal printer. So it literally melted the metal and printed in liquid metal. Uh, that's contrary to some of the systems we have here at Purdue, which actually prints in like a waxy, metal-y substance, and then you put it in a fire for a day, <laughs> and uh, it turns into metal that way. Good old chemical bath. Right, right, right. Uh, but anyway, with, with, the, uh, with this, it's really interesting to see, like, um, they're kind of coming to like realize that hey uh 2d printing may not be our best <laughs> business investment for the next 50 years uh we got to figure out some other way to make money too so yeah I'll, I'll take a different tack on this uh i don't think 3d printing is maybe the uh the most important thing ever uh, okay like i think it's been overhyped to a large degree how so to a certain so I don't think it's all that useful in like a grand manufacturing scale and whatnot. Okay. I don't think that's where its use cases is. I think its use cases are in like prototyping and design rather than large scale building of things. 
Right, right. And uh, considering that, like, 3D printing, especially for what I do at the university, it's mainly people who are just trying to build a prototype of something that they hope to produce in other ways through, like, injection molding or other forms of uh, manufacturing that's a little more enduring than having a little robot build something <laughs> for eight hours. Yeah. So. Uh, it's tricky. Right. Uh, I know they've made 3D printed houses and stuff. Uh, the U.S. Army just finished, I think, 3D printing a small concrete bridge, but... Really? That's very interesting. Yeah, that's on a separate note, but... Uh, it's interesting, to say the least, the technology. 3D printed organs? People are, I think, surgeons or uh, some yeah. people in the medical field are going for more of the 3D printed route to make artificial organs, artificial tissue, things like right. that, 3D printed. Do you think that's... Uh, would you trust that, going into, you, going into your own body uh, in... in Artificial substance. Now, now that's that's a loaded question because that involves a lot of different ethical uh, uh, situations too. But basically, the way I'm thinking of it is, if you're literally manufacturing something that shouldn't exist normally, uh, that could not exist normally without some sort of artificial way to get it there. I'd give that a give that a pass because I, I just huh. I'm just not sure how it would work out. Like like I, I don't know the benefits of that. I mean in all fairness though, hold on, then what about artificial knees? What about artificial mm. like shoulders? I, all I these feel like that's different though. Ribs? I feel like those are different though, because those are all something accessory to your that increase your standard of living while an organ is literally a vital part of your body. Okay, well then let me take a different tact with this. How about like people who get organ replacements? Yeah. All right, that's not their organ. And the cells that originally existed before they 3D printed an organ, those weren't their cells. Because you can't just create cells from nothing. You have to create cells from other cells. Yes. Right. I guess, I, I don't know. This is, this is a difficult, difficult question because you run into the conundrum of do you actually, like, your body first has to actually accept that that's something that can, yeah, like, yeah. is acceptable, like... I've heard stories of people who get a kidney transplant and their body's just like, nope. Oh, yeah, they reject the kidney so, transplant. Uh, yeah. but it's an interesting question. At that same time, too, it came from another person that was already... It was Those were cells that were designed to be a kidney, not cells that could have been something else. Yeah, but all cells in the beginning could have been something else. Fair. Fair. I don't think any of us are qualified for this. We need to get, oh, like... at all. <laughs> this is all, like, metal physics metal physics metaphysics and like abstract philosophy i think maybe we should just say hey this is cool technology hey, it is cool technology <laughs> that's 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 for sure uh, another cool article that i found is uh, sprint suing at&t over their quote-unquote deceptive 5g e branding so the way that a uh, little bit of background on this story um AT&T has been coming out with this new brand of uh, cellular communication called 5GE. And while there are different versions of what are called 5G, uh, it's, it's interesting. So for everybody at home, what 4G, 3G, 5G is, is the communication between you and your phone via a cell tower. Uh, so those, those different uh, like 3G, 4G, they have different speeds, different uh, ways they communicate, and affect how the phone overall, uh, like the speeds of the phone on mobile data. 
But here's the thing, 5G is in its very, very, very infant stages of actually being developed right now. And what AT&T did is they basically said, okay, we're gonna take our additional 4G, um, 4G connection, beef it up a little bit and label it 5G. And Sprint's like, no, 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 you can't do that. So they're suing AT&T over the fact of they're claiming something as 5G E when it's not truly 5G. It says that they're using deceptive tax tactics to mislead consumers into buying their services and screwing over all their competitors. Now, this is where there's a really interesting issue. Is this just good marketing or is this actually deceptive? So, um, I'd love to hear everybody's opinion on this one. It's 100% deceptive. <laughs> okay. No yeah. hesitation. There's, you know, 100%. I will hear no <laughs> argument to the contrary. This is deceptive. <laughs> what draws the line between 4G and 5G, and how can they determine that this is not truly 5G? So there's actually uh, 5G hardware is what, what mm. kind of draws the line, because uh, as we'll kind of talk about a little later, Huawei has been developing... 5G hardware that actually allows people to communicate with 5G bands and all this, the better communication styles than 4G. But the problem is what AT&T did is they took their existing 4G infrastructure, all the hardware they already had, and labeled it as 5G E. <laughs> 5G so, E evolution, which makes it sound like it's better than 5G, even though it's right. not even 5G. Right, exactly. So it's they're saying it's like 4G or it's like the beta stages of 5G. They're calling it evolution because you're getting to that. You shouldn't stand for evolution. You should stand for eh. <laughs> <laughs> Like 5G, eh, it's a little better than 4G. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, definitely with a lot of these different uh, marketing strategies and stuff like that, consumers don't know that. And unless you're somebody who's tech savvy like all of us in this room, we actually have a clue what we're reading about. But the average consumer sees 5G, oh, that's the new greatest thing. So it's, it's interesting. Maybe um, I'm wrong, but I don't think consumers care so much about like, oh, I need 5G speeds. I don't think anyone's sitting here yeah. like, 4G is so slow. It's not. Oh, no, not at it's all. It's ridiculously fast for almost any use case, unless you have like... I can't think of any like weird specific niche cases where you'd need like gigabit wireless cell reception, but like at, at least in today's trader age, or something like that, or like a, like a day trader, I guess nah, maybe. Even, no. I, I don't know if I don't it know if faster internet would help. No, you. it doesn't. It's <clears throat> same latency. Latency is what helps you when you're trying to do like quick sure. moves. Five uh, G only helps if like oh let me download a ten gigabyte file right now. Hmm. Who's doing that on the go? Right. Right. But it's I'm I'm not a huge fan of this move on AT&T's part. Um, Sprint's right for suing them, and hopefully that kind of determines more uh, real guidelines as to what can uh, be advertised on uh, the open market. Yeah, it's that's just like real mean because there is actual. There's already 5G hardware out there in a, like two or three phones. So yeah, and it's they might go, oh, this phone works on that. No, 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 it doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> they lied. So here's another interesting story that I have. A home security drone is going to hit the market in 2020. Uh, it's going to, as they put it, 
it uses a motion uh, motion detector and a uh, drone to actually start surveilling intruders as they come on your property. So this thing will literally take off and go and follow this person on your property. And that kind of that begs the question: What is 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 do homeowners have that right to follow you on their property? So yes, I mean, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, I'm kind of like. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, on their property, I, I would assume that they maybe do have that right. Um, right. But if it extends, like, past their property, I think that may be where some people question the effectiveness of it. What about a uh, drone that is that is stationed on their property but at a high enough area where they can see you on other people's property? That's how, how far is there to go on one's property? Uh, Fair. D- d- depending, uh, yeah. depending, on how, <laughs> depending on how big your house is, you're going to have a, a, a front sidewalk that goes into your front door. Well, what I want to know and is who has this much property? Yeah. Like, oh, obviously I need a drone to survey my yeah. property. You could this stick is, up a, a surveillance oh camera, a stationary camera that could do the same thing with zooming, I guess. I mean, I don't know I if don't you need think a it drone. Is. I think this is targeted at like people who own like, I don't know, like acres and yeah. acres of land, not yeah. like typical house owners. Right, but, right. But okay, so you guys are thinking like maybe like larger scale properties? It has to be. But, okay. Because otherwise, why would you not just spend $100 on a stationary camera and get the same effect, right? That's yeah, what you were exactly, saying. exactly. So it says here that uh, the founders of this company are taking privacy into concern and they say the dro- drone flies only on the perimeter of your property and, pay- and faces the cameras only toward your house. So I guess we don't have to really worry about people on the edge of a property looking out. But um, it's really interesting just uh, to see this this same type of drone being applied almost, it is autonomous in a way of literally just taking off and landing at its own free will uh, when it senses something's wrong. So I, I think it's kind of cool instead of kind of like having either a guard dog or a uh, security staff to watch your property it may be a more cost-effective solution i'd just be afraid of uh people who are somewhat smart could kind of throw a rock at it and then <laughs> <Yeah>. it's sol <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like people are turning drones into anything nowadays like, oh yeah you know oh yeah they're delivering they started maybe doing this like pilot thing uh, with Amazon, where they started delivering packages with a drone. Now, now they have their little drone uh, car-looking thing. Yeah, the, the um, food delivery robots. Exactly. Yeah, and so they're just people are starting to turn drones into everything. Like, how can we revolutionize? Uh, it's going to be like, how can we revolutionize the computer? Well, we're going to put a computer on a drone. Like, the, like <laughs> people are literally going to do anything with drones nowadays. And maybe, Ooh. maybe this is a little bit over the top. I don't know if you need a moving camera, especially for a small property. No, I, right. I think this has got to be targeted like towards like farm owners and stuff like that. Yeah. With, like huge properties. I yeah. can't remember if it was an onion article or a real article that Chipotle is going to start <laughs> delivering burritos by a drone. But <laughs> That's really cool. Actually. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Chipotle's not already doing that. Get on that. Yeah, please. <laughs> right. So another, another uh, big, big news story actually recently is the uh, arrest of the uh, Chinese tech giant Huawei's CFO for treason against the U.S. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack here. But long story short... I can add on to that as well. The Justice Department is accusing 
uh, the Chinese company Huawei for developing and selling the United States hardware that secretly reports back to China on government secrets yep. and other things like that. In addition to that, uh, Donald Trump just banned all use of Huawei products in any government-related computer system or wireless communications or anything like that. Really? I did not hear about that. That was all earlier today, if I remember correctly. Huh. Which I might not remember correctly, but let me double check. Interesting. Two seconds. No, that was like two hours ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this article's from two hours ago. Sorry, reportedly should be the word. There's a, a reportedly in here that he's going to ban all the, uh, basically any Chinese telecom manufacturer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a weird geopolitical sidetrack real quick on this. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> on a technology show. Uh, people, there's been like a lot of talk about like Cold War coming back and whatever. Uh, I think people really overestimate Russia's power and underestimate China's. Uh, I think that's where like the real kind of arms race is. And it's more of a technological arms race than it is anything else. In a way, you're, you're completely right, because uh, I was just reading, too, when I was trying to find this article, uh, Polish officials actually also arrest Huawei uh, employees oh, yeah. and uh, higher-ups for trying to spy for China against Poland as well. So um, this people are kind of seeing that this is a wider issue than just the U.S., even though the U.S. is one of the most economically super powerful countries in the world uh, yes but I'll point out the other economic superpower is China exactly <laughs> and that's why there's so much uh, angst among each other uh, to I mean, try it's and not only that it's we spent what how long was the Cold War two decades three decades fighting with communists for the longest time and mm -hmm. even though China's not really fully communist anymore there's still you know those roots are there a little bit yeah so this is a an incredibly incredibly uh crazy issue but just wanted to kind of inform everybody that that's a, that's the case i mean i use a huawei phone uh Oof. yeah they know what you've been doing matt they know, <laughs> the way i think of it is either they do or google does or both i don't really care or at this point everyone pretty much so you're on the different level for me you're like oh i don't care at this point me i'm like oh god oh god oh god i don't I, I want privacy too much. Right, and we, we always transpire these these into some sort of privacy. Yeah, it always uh, it does always end privacy up situation, but hey, it's okay. Everything's okay. Everyone throw your computers out, switch to Linux, buy a VPN. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely agree go with off buy the grid. a VPN part, <laughs> but I want to go a little bit deeper into the privacy thing, just just for a minute here. I, f I feel like lately there's just been so much, in the past few years especially, there's just been so much talk about privacy breaches uh, with, with Facebook, with, with FaceTime, right. uh, with Alexa, with all these things. W what do you think sparking, uh, you think it's media that's sparking all this attention? Because I feel like all, like all of a sudden since this Facebook incident, like everybody's just been all over privacy. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but I've been noticing things popping up all over the news about, about privacy. I'll go a little bit earlier. I think it started back in, uh, oh, what year was it? Was it 2014 when the San Bernardino shooter was there? They got the uh, iPhone they had and Tim Cook refused to do anything oh, to unlock it. Yeah. I yeah. I think that's when like privacy kind of entered in a little bit into the national light. And then it's really just like 
grown exponentially from there. Well, I think people are starting to genuinely have a concern about this now, considering how technologically focused our lives have become, especially with, uh, like, think, think about what some, what some, like, older people do on Facebook. They post every <laughs> little oh, yeah. thing <laughs> that they do, and people are kind of realizing, oh, wait, maybe that's not the best thing to do now. And uh, once they see some of these issues of uh, people using data to like figure out when you're going to get mail, as we talked about earlier on the show, oh. uh, or when people know where you are, like away from your when you're away from your house, so they break into it. People are kind of starting to realize, oh wait, maybe all this data that's publicly available about me isn't necessarily the best thing, and that's kind of caused more and more attention to be drawn to it. Yeah. Uh. It's a lot, man. Uh, that's the one thing about that congressional uh, hearing with Facebook is that kind of really brought it to the forefront. Uh, right. It's interesting. Like, some people are kind of take the tack you were taking earlier where it's like, you know what, at this point, whatever, I don't care. But I'm, I guess, hyper paranoid. Maybe that's just me. But I'm sitting here like, okay, I don't want anyone to know that much about me. Like, right. Especially not some faceless corporation or some nerd out in Silicon Valley. I use the term nerd affectionately. I am too. But, am I. <laughs> but I don't want some random like stranger out in Silicon Valley being the one who decides what to do with all that data in the first place. Right. Right. So on that note, I think uh, we're going to take a quick little break here and we'll be back with more Tech Talk Nation right after this. You're listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tech Talk Nation will be right back. Tech Talk Nation is brought to you by Fitzgerald Tech Solutions. We live in the digital world. Everyone is on the internet at least once a day. It is commonplace for every business, individual, and organization to have a website. You need a website to stay competitive. At Fitzgerald Tech Solutions, we provide you with everything you need for your internet presence. Whether you want to take the more DIY approach by buying web hosting services on our fast, US-based servers with industry-leading software, or allowing us to do the web designing and multimedia creation services for you. You can know that you are getting high quality, reliable, and cost-effective services that you need to stay ahead in the market. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions fits your timeline. We work efficiently to make sure that you get what you want as soon as possible. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions fits your needs. Whether you are someone looking to get your own website or a large company looking for a fresh look, we can amaze you with our skills and expertise. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions fits your budget. We make sure that great websites don't break the bank and will not stop until you are 100% satisfied. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions. Tech. We get it. You're listening to Wiley Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Nation. And welcome back to Tech Talk Nation. We had a great discussion over the break, didn't we, guys? Yes, absolutely. Right. We, and we were talking about uh, Ryan's favorite company here, Apple. Oh, yes. It's Apple time. Is everyone it's, ready for Apple time? It's Apple time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, 
I will be positive for a start. How about that? We'll start with a positive story. Okay. So for those of you who remember last week, we talked about my favorite little lad representing Tucson, Arizona, who discovered this kind of egregious FaceTime bug where you could like unwittingly or without people's knowledge basically watch through their FaceTime cameras, which, you know, is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Uh, Apple is in fact rewarding him and giving him basically a college scholarship overall in the end. So wow. Good on Apple for that. Now let's talk about how terrible Apple is as a company. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my. I exaggerate. Wow. I exaggerate. Wow. Apple's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I know. Apple's fine. It's just this is, you know. This might be a 2v2 conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I like arguing. Uh, so the other news is uh, kind of a little bit silently when Apple's rolling out this patch to fix this FaceTime bug that the kid found, there was two other what are called day zero bugs where like, I guess, I think that's a day zero for the actual, this generation of the uh, operating system. Right, uh, so like from the start Yeah, issues. from the start, two huge security flaws. One of which, I can't describe how both work because I'm not a security expert. <laughs> but essentially one of them would allow a malicious app to kind of elevate its security privileges and eventually have as much control over your phone as you do, which is a pretty devastating flaw. Uh, I think the other was one that would just allow it to uh, get access to some of your personal data, which, you know. I actually heard of another one, too, of some apps that would actually inherently record your screen while they were using, while you were using the app. True. Those weren't security flaws. Those were... Ooh. That was a privacy bug, but... Yeah, Apple just uh, dropped the ban hammer on most of them, though. Right. And they only told us this after they removed them from the App Store. Yes. But it was kind of a shame in the first place that they uh, allowed that to get through uh, the actual app review process. But nonetheless, let's let's continue talking about these guys. So you mentioned that uh, there was a issue with the actual permissions on your phone, correct? Uh, Yeah. It's, oh man, it's this weird, uh, it's hard to describe because of just like how difficult computer security gets. Right. I, I think, I think we could kind of, for all intents and purposes, just say it was something that let your apps do stuff they shouldn't with, yeah, with that's, your phone. That's the best general purpose. There was two specific ones. Uh, some engineer over at Google was the one who uh, That's announced ironic. that they exist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one who was like, hey, Apple, you might want to fix this. Uh, I don't think he announced it until right up to the point where they were putting this patch out because right. that's pretty common courtesy is you don't let people know there's a problem. Until it's fixed. Yeah. However, yeah. it does say that they might have been exploited in the wild, which is not not good at all. Right. Yeah. Okay, so here it is. One of them is, uh, it's in the core of the actual operating system. Uh, it's this, we oh, this is like weird and specific. Okay. You can use memory corruption with a malicious app to just elevate your privileges. So basically, in layman's terms, you're writing crap to the memory that yeah. just, that just would, and your phone would be like, oh, I don't know what to do here, have all the permissions. Yeah. The other one's kind of the same thing, just with a different purpose. It's, right. Uh, the other one, instead of elevating its things, it gets, I guess, kernel. Uh, a kernel panic? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. 
That so what a kernel panic is is basically crashes either your app or your phone. No, it gets kernel privileges. Is what oh, it is. oh, that's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, that's ten dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's much worse. Yeah, uh, I don't want to sit here and be too critical, even though I love being critical of Apple. But uh, I mean, yeah, every developer has these things where stuff like that goes wrong, but they do seem like fairly serious, serious exploits. And that. considering that Apple is a, what, close to a trillion dollar company, have they Not passed close. that? They passed a trillion. They passed? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, yeah. They I, might have I dropped remember. back below, but... Yeah, they, close to a trillion dollar company. You'd think they have uh, enough money to test this out and hire some developers that make sure that things that like this don't really happen too often. But unfortunately, in the world we live in, technology is so I mean, complex that you can't really defend against everything. In fairness to them, a large portion of their money goes into R&D for all these new chips because they in-house, I think, design every chip at right. this point. Not every chip, but most. Right. Specifically well, their processor. Yeah, they design their own processor, but they don't like design the flash memory and stuff no, like that. No, no. Most the, of that other stuff's contracted out, yeah. Right. I think they're working on designing some some more things specifically related to like the cell service and things like that i think they're yeah, starting yeah. to design their own in-house so they don't have to outsource it from like some of Samsung that stuff the other that. thing they were they were yeah modems that's what it was yes, yes. yes cell right. modems yeah. yeah yep i was reading about that earlier today too very yeah. cool awesome so um <laughs> so now that i've gotten to rag on apple i got that out of my system <laughs> right i i think i may have found all the I talked about almost all the articles I prepared for today. Uh, I got just kind of a real quick one on maybe okay. like how much rights you have using. Well, okay. Uh-oh. You know what? Let, let's end it on a funny one. How about that? Okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> um, nice I'm... lighthearted after all this serious privacy breach stuff. All right. So everyone knows Tesla. Right. Makers of the illustrious, beautiful electric cars that everyone loves with their fancy new cheap ones. So Teslas don't really have traditional uh, car controls. A lot, almost everything's exclusively controlled from what's essentially a tablet that's like in between the passenger and the, uh, basically where a radio would normally be. Right. So in there you can access some, uh, they have Easter eggs in there for people to find a lot of times. Uh, yes. And with the newest one, they have a whoopee cushion. I don't know how or why, but the chairs in a Tesla apparently can make very, very fart-sounding sounds, and it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I did so, hear about this. I did hear about it's this. It's wonderful. So, wh- what, do you sit in the chair and the, the car makes a whoopee cushion So you can sound? press, I guess, the whoopee cushion thing, and you can select which chair you want, <laughs> and that chair will make, like, a really, really authentic <laughs> farting sound. Okay, that, that, that's They have different funny. names for different ones as well. They have a ludicrous mode fart sound. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Named after their famous ludicrous mode. I, oh. I, I feel like I need to find this now. I'm it's amazing. Tesla. Oh, fart. Just sounds. the I, I want to know why their chairs can make that sound in the first place. Because I have, I have to believe that this was something they accidentally discovered after they manufactured the car. <laughs> so let, let, let me try and see if I can pull this up on my computer here real quick. Uh, <laughs> because I think this would be absolutely hilarious. What, the actual sound? Right. Oh, God. Right. Uh, give me one. There's seven here. fart options. Well, I, I, I find uh, a couple of them, but... Uh, 
there's an admission option, a ludicrous option. All right. Um, oh, my God. I, I love whatever engineers were like, hey, did you know when our chairs do X, guys, they make this really Tesla weird added Fortnite in the latest software update so you can have fun with your kids or gross out your uh, co-passengers. As crazy it sounds, you can fart on demand or fart when you use the turn signals. <laughs> if you're not happy with your fart noise, don't worry, you have multiple options. They record these. Like, I don't think they did. I don't know. Uh, is it all electronic? Like I don't know. If it's like maybe <laughs> like, the way the chairs move, or like speakers that are already in the car. I, I don't know, but this this seems really interesting. And this guy has a video here of the actual like like you can choose what seat it goes on. Yeah. So that's that. Is that like so when someone gets in the car and sits down, it automatically kind of deploys? Mm, or I think no? you have to actually press it. Oh really? Okay. I, I it looks like it. It says. Uh, fart on demand, and then fart on turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's pretty funny, uh, but nonetheless, definitely something fun and exciting that Tesla's done. They named it emissions testing mode. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's the little things in life, especially absolutely. with Tesla. Uh, I mean, they had they had a history, and I believe last year uh, or 2017 they'd play Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Wizards in Winter, and the car would literally do a dance, and like, like it would drive back and forth a little oh, bit, yeah. and like flash its lights and stuff. It was Just really any, cool. Anything Elon Musk has been a part of has become a meme, and it's glorious. It is quite glorious. Is everyone indeed. looking forward to Tesla Kila, or is that just me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can I dream. I remember talking about that. Hopefully- It, it still might be a thing, all Hopefully, right? hopefully. That would be really, really great. I'd love it. Awesome. I'd buy a bottle just to buy a bottle. As would I, actually. Anybody else have anything else they want to discuss before the end of the show? I'm going to take that <laughs> as a no. That's a no <laughs> right there. Resounding so, silence. <laughs> so with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more tech and industry news. And with that, I wish you a great week. Have a great week and enjoy the people you are with. Thank you for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech. Visit our website at www.techtalknation.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech.